I think as parents, we, again, we just have to continue to offer and never force just knowing that they may come around, they may not, but the worst thing that you can do is, you know, force them to have to eat something because it's only going to backfire from there. It's Jillian, and this is my podcast all about nutrition, entrepreneurship, and motherhood. If you're ready, open, and dedicated to making daily habit changes that will help you have it all, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to It's Jillian, a podcast about taking the stress of nutrition and meal planning off of your to-do list so you can focus on thriving in all the other important areas of your life. I'm Jillian, your host and the owner of the What's For Dinner Club. You know, I'm offering my podcast listeners this awesome deal, one month free of my What's For Dinner Club membership. Just use promo code podcast when you check out at whatsfordinnerclub.com. The What's For Dinner Club is a member-based service that really takes the guesswork out of what to make for dinner tonight. You'll receive simple, healthy, and delicious recipes, plus a grocery list with ingredients that save you time, stress, and money that you would probably be spending on those last-minute takeout orders. Again, just use promo code podcast when you check out at whatsfordinnerclub.com. Today, I'm speaking with Lainey Schwartz, an everyday mom, founder, and creator behind the food blog, Life is But a Dish. And she's a girl that's obsessed with food, just like me, so we really connected. Lainey is on a mission to help busy home cooks across the world gain confidence in the kitchen, create simple and delicious meals, and cook without being tied to a recipe. So you know I am all about a no recipe recipe. We really jived on this whole idea. I love this interview with Lainey because we totally live in the same space. So there was a lot that we could relate to, but also some differences in our businesses and how we could share with each other. Lainey really focuses on confidence in the kitchen. So her specialty is giving you the know-how when it comes to putting recipes together in your head and off the cuff. A true skill that's worth developing because it is so useful to have. Honestly, I think these skills that she shares will help you build more confidence in using the What's For Dinner Club recipes and maybe tweaking them and having more fun with them too. Lainey and I talk about recipe building, of course, her list of tools and appliances you need to have in your kitchen, money-saving tips, and how to find your confidence in the kitchen, and just really so, so much more. I loved also talking about the business side of having a food blog and how she got started, and Lainey honestly got very vulnerable with some challenges that she's had, so I think you'll really enjoy kind of hearing her journey as an entrepreneur. I am so excited that Lainey is offering It's Jillian podcast listeners $100 off her Cook With Confidence program. Head to lifeisbutadish.com slash Jillian and enter code Jillian, which is G-I-L-L-E-A-N at checkout. That's going to, again, give you $100 off her Cook With Confidence program. You can find Lainey on Instagram at lifeisbutadish. You will love her content. She has great recipes on there, and I am so obsessed. I find myself saving them all the time. Now let's jump into the kitchen with Lainey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the It's Jillian podcast. I am so excited for my guest today because we have so much in common. And I think when our powers combine here, you're going to walk away with some amazing nutrition knowledge to feel more confident in eating healthy and not feeling like it has to be overwhelming or really stressful when you're in the kitchen. So my guest today is Lainey Schwartz. She really creates easy, approachable recipes for the everyday home cook. And I love that she has a background as an elementary school teacher. I think it's grades one and two, right? 
Delaney? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So if you can teach first and second grade, then really you can teach all of us how to do anything in the kitchen. I totally trust that. And I know that you, it's a love of yours too. So let's start off. Can you just give us a little background on how you really got started in this and maybe just how being a teacher even set you up for success doing this teaching work? So I was a teacher, as you mentioned, first and second grade, and teaching is my first passion. So I love, I've always loved cooking, has, have always loved food, but teaching is really the one thing that lights me up. Being in the classroom, teaching first graders skills like how to read and really seeing them go from having no confidence, being afraid to even attempt to read a word or to be able to read a book and watching that light bulb kind of click that feeling as a teacher is kind of what has led me to this. So when I got into the food blogging space and I realized, I just kind of thought that everybody knew how to cook and everybody loved to cook. And I quickly realized that that wasn't the case and that people often feel overwhelmed or didn't even know where to begin when it came to cooking. And I also realized that there were many adults when it comes to cooking that were kind of the same it was kind of like teaching first graders, like teaching adults who don't know how to cook or who are anxious about it or overwhelmed. It was like teaching a first grader how to read. And I realized that it was really all about the confidence because it doesn't have to be overwhelming or scary or complicated. It actually can be really simple as long as you understand the basics. And once they understand that, then it's like a whole new world. And so Cook With Confidence was born for those people who wanted to learn how to cook so desperately, but didn't know where to begin. And just the teacher in me just kind of bursted through and it's been amazing so far. So what is Cook With Confidence? It's, is it an online course that people can sign up for? And is it guided videos from you? What do they get from it? So it's both of those things. So Cook With Confidence is an eight module online course. It's self-paced currently. It's gone through different phases. It's currently self-paced. And I've had different elements where there have been support to it. Sometimes there's not. Currently, I'm launching a, right now while we're recording, it's, there is a support element to it, but possibly when this goes live. When this goes live, there might not be, but it's eight weeks. So it's go at your own pace and it's recorded videos and it has everything from setting up your kitchen for success, your pantry, all about knife skills. And then I kind of break it down by subject. So like chicken is a huge pain point for people. So we talk all about chicken, the different types of chicken, what to look for at the store, what's the difference between bone-in, skin-on versus chicken breast. So really just understanding what you're looking for when you walk into the grocery store or you're ordering something online. And I do give recipes, but I like to teach people how to cook without using recipes just to help build their confidence. And to do that, I teach techniques. So I teach how to like how to saute chicken in the skillet versus in the oven. And if you can understand all of those techniques, you can really, you can make any recipe from there. Yes. Oh, I love that. I think again, so many similarities. So I always use the term no recipe recipes because I love to say like, here's a recipe that I'm using, but like swap things out, add a spice in. You don't want the cheese, don't put it on. Like actually one of my friends, Jess, anytime I post something that's like a quick reel where I don't actually put the amounts on there, she's like, I need the amounts. (laughs) And that's like not how, you know, I cook, but that's again, when you feel confident, you're not worried about whether it's a tablespoon or a sprinkle, like you kind of know what's going to taste good for you or what you prefer. But I love that you're teaching the techniques. And even for me, you know, I'm a, I was trained as a dietitian, but I wasn't trained as a chef. 
sometimes, you know, I'm looking up YouTube things. I actually work with a couple of chefs. So it's fun when we're cooking together and they can teach me things along the way. Just like you said, like knife skills or how to properly saute. Like, do you put the lid on it when you're doing the chicken or not? I don't know. Like there's little things like that that you said, like, just like you said, I think if you understand those techniques, you'll actually have fun in the kitchen too. And really feel, feel good about creating some recipes on your own and not feel like you have to stick exactly to whatever the recipe is that you printed out. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a huge rule follower in life. I'm a rule follower. I like to do everything as it's supposed to be. And the kitchen is for whatever reason, the one area where I think people feel like they have to do things a certain way. Like, like you just said, do you have to cover the chicken when you're cooking it or do you not? whatever you want. Like I can tell you the difference of what's going to happen when you cover it versus not, but there's no rules. So yeah, in baking, it's a little bit different, but with baking, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm like not a baker, really not. Cause you do have to be precise in baking. Otherwise it does not turn out the way it needs to. Yes. So there's like loose rules. And, but again, if you have a basic understanding of techniques, you're just more free in the kitchen. And that's, that's really the goal. What's like one technique, if you can only pick one that you would share with us, one thing that you think is just like, you guys got to know this one. Like this is something that is essential to know when you're cooking in the kitchen. Maybe it is related to chicken or something else. Like what's like one of those ones that you're like, this is like a key thing that's going to save you a lot of frustration or time or something like that. Okay. So let's talk about chicken for a second, because I feel like it's just such a popular one and people really struggle with it. Like, what do you hear when people complain about chicken? Like, what is it that well, so my biggest, I'll say, share my complaint about cooking chicken is first of all, the chicken breasts usually are way too thick. And so I'm always finding ways to make sure that it's cooked all the way through. And honestly, like if it's too thick, it like grosses me out. So sometimes I'll cut it so that's thinner, or you can buy like the thinner pieces that are already cut in half, like a thin chicken breast. But for me, it's usually just like, how do you make sure that it's going to be cooked all the way through, but not be dry? Like you would still want it to be like juicy and yummy, right? Yeah. So I hear like dry, rubbery, flavorless is kind of what I hear when it comes to like boneless, skinless chicken breast. So, okay. So a couple of tips to make sure that it's juicy and tender and delicious every time. So yes, oftentimes when you buy chicken breast, like one side is super, super thick or the whole thing is super thick. So there's a couple of things that you can do. You mentioned number one, you can buy the cutlets, which are already like cut pretty thin. Those are going to be more expensive just because it's more labor the other end. Or you can kind of thin them out yourself. So you can pound them out, which I hate pounding it. Just it's like one, one extra step and a messy step or can be a messy step. So you can pound it out or you need a sharp knife. It's the number one kitchen tool that you have to have. Have a sharp knife. And I show this in my, in my videos, but pretend, you, I don't know if they can see me right now, but if you have a cutting board, you put your hand flat on top of the chicken, take your knife and basically just cut it in half horizontally. So you're creating your own cutlets. It's not going to be so easy. It takes literally 10 seconds. It's not going to be perfect every time. One of your sides might be thicker than the other, but it's going to be better and more evenly distributed when you do it that way. So cutting your chicken a little bit thinner, number one. Number two, so you don't get it. So it's not rubbery. Removing your chicken from the fridge at least 20 minutes before you're gonna cook it and let it kind of come down more to room temperature. So you're not having cold chicken from the fridge directly to a hot pan, which like shrivels it up and makes it rubbery. So letting it kind of, if it's in a marinade, just pull it out of the fridge while you're gathering all of your ingredients, then cook it. I've never heard that. That's such a good tip. I love that. Okay. Yeah, you can do that for steak and everything as well. So let it come to room temp. 
And then if you have time, if you're going to grill chicken or even do it on the saute pan, just marinating it and something really simple, olive oil, salt, pepper, some lemon juice, or some sort of acid just really helps to get into the chicken and keeps it really tender and juicy. Do you ever use, like, if you're going to marinate it, I know there's like tenderizers or do you like poke it with a fork or anything? Is there anything like that before you or you just throw it in the bag and call it good? I just throw it in the bag or put it in Tupperware and it's one less thing. (laughs) I always say I I hate the extra steps. Like I hate measuring cups. They're like, like, then you got to wash the measuring cup. It's like, no one wants to do that. Or like where you have to do like multiple pans or bowls. I'm like, I'm just going to mix it all in one pan and call it good. So I love that we're on the same page with that, but those are some good tips. I'm definitely going to try doing the cutting it if I get the the thicker pieces, but also I didn't know about taking it out about 20 minutes prior to cooking. So I'm going to make sure that I do that so that I don't have that. No one wants rubbery chicken. So (laughs) I love that. Okay. So one big thing for me as a dietitian is obviously healthy meals too. So what tips would you have for anyone that's want to cook more, but also they're looking to make healthy meals? Is there anything that you would share in your courses or just in what you teach to make sure that you're building a balanced meal? So I feel like healthy food gets a bad rap, right? Like you're, if you're just eating vegetables and proteins and things like that, people are like, it's boring. It's not fun. It's not interesting. And it's what I found through the students who have gone through my courses who quote, don't like vegetables or, you know, my husband doesn't like broccoli or my kids don't like whatever X, Y, and Z vegetable is because you're not seasoning it well enough. So typically it's not enough salt. Really, you don't, you don't need much, but you're typically not seasoning. Your people are light on the seasoning. And I know some people are worried about too much salt and maybe you can speak to this as a dietitian because I certainly am not, but the amount of salt that you're going to be adding to your food at home is never going to compare to anything processed or something at a restaurant. So no. <laughs> you're going to be okay adding that in there. But yeah, I'm totally with you. When you, when you go, like you said, when you go to a restaurant, you're probably going to be eating way more sodium than if you're doing it on your own. And there are some, if that is a concern for you, there's some salt-free seasonings. I love the seasonings like at Trader Joe's, just stocking up on like chili lime, everything with the bagel, like all, I mean, like you said, just adding those little elements of seasoning to something takes the dish to a whole new level. Yeah. So, and in terms of making, you know, healthy balanced meals, again, my favorite type of cooking, I always say is like, quote, healthy comfort food. Like I love, I like healthy foods. It's not like I'm necessarily trying to be so healthy. It's just what I'm drawn to and how I like to cook. I'm super inspired. I'm in California. So we have tons of farmers markets and beautiful produce all year, which we're super lucky to have, but I'm always just inspired by whatever is out and in season and fresh. And so I always have a stocked pantry. So I always have my favorite pastas and rice and quinoa and grains and things. So I can always pull together something like that. And then I always have a freezer stocked full of frozen meat. So chicken, you know, steak, ground turkey, ground beef, whatever we have, fish. And then I kind of go to the store and just get whatever feels good or sounds good to me at the time. And then I am at the place where I can just look in my freezer, look in my pantry, look in my fridge and just kind of decide, okay, what do I feel like? I'll usually start with a protein. And so I'll kind of say, okay, I'm going to work with, you know, ground turkey today. What can I make? I could do meatballs. I can do meatloaf. I could do a turkey meat sauce. I could do like a, I call it like a turkey mush with vegetables and rice. So I just usually pick a protein and kind of in my head, build my meal around that. I do a lot of that too. So one thing that I do, especially when I'm creating recipes for my What's Fit Inner Club. So that might be for someone that 
isn't there yet, right? There, maybe they still need, they, they're learning the techniques, but they don't have the confidence to pull the meals together like we do because we this is our world. <laughs> we do this all the time. So, and the, and again, when I give the recipes for members of my Western Club, the idea is to take it, but make it yourself, your own, right? So if you want to switch out the protein or if you, again, spices or however you want to adjust it, but that's usually when I'm creating those recipes, I'm doing the same thing. I start with a protein. Usually it, we do plant-based and we do a meat-based. So we kind of give variations there. And I always think, of, I call it my dinner formula of what your plate should look like. So I always think of like half of your plate is vegetables, a quarter of it is some sort of protein, right? And then you want to have like an eighth of it to be some sort of healthy fat and an eighth to be some sort of carbohydrate. And that's kind of like the general idea, right? It can adjust depending on your dietary needs and stuff. But I always keep that in mind so that as I'm building out a meal, like I have those components in there and I'll even go to like, like different people's houses or whatever, and they'll make it. And I'm like, where's the vegetable? Because for me, that's like part of the formula, you know, like that's, that goes in there when you're creating it. Yeah. That's so smart to have that. I never think that way, but that's just like, it's a great little formula to have when you're, when you're building your meals. Yeah. I mean, you're basically doing it. It's just your own, like, it's so innate. Like you just, like, you just build it like that. So, uh, so, but if you're looking down at your plate, that's one way to inspire you to figure out like, which, what do you want to put in each section? And that's where you can pull from, oh, I'm going to get like this quinoa. I'm going to get some avocado. I'm going to do some grilled meatball or grilled turkey, something like that. And then I'm going to do a side salad or some sort of, you know, roasted vegetable or something. And that way you can kind of create a balanced meal by just using what you have in your pantry and your fridge already. All right. So we talked about some of your favorite pantry items. You mentioned a couple of those. Is there anything else that you always have on hand? I know you mentioned some of the grains, the quinoa, the pasta. I usually have like a million kinds of pasta. We love that in our house and it's so easy to whip up. So I have every kind there, everything from every shape and size of noodle. Plus I, we have whole wheat, we have some just regular, we have chickpea, like really whatever we're feeling for the day. But any others like pantry staples that you have to have? Definitely pastas. Rice. We do like a DIY sushi rice or sushi night at home, which my kids absolutely love. And it's so easy. Honestly, a really good salt. So as you know, not all salt is created equal. My favorite is the Redmond's, the Redmond salt. Have you used that? That's yeah, delicious. No, I'm like, I feel like this is like something that I'm missing out on. So I'm going to get, go get some. So <laughs> sure. I use kosher salt for pretty much everything. I also have like, yeah, which is great. And I just thought that they were all the same until I started learning more about salt. And then I started tasting salt side by side. It's hard to explain, but so this is called Redmond salt. They're based in Utah and it's like a mineral based salt. So it's not processed. And it just tastes, I don't know how to explain it, but it's not salty. Like it, like you can, you can just like eat it and it's, it's delicious. As opposed to next to a different type of salt that or like a table salt that just tastes extremely bitter almost. Yes. There's no chemicals added. It's so good and has changed everything. Like you really don't need a ton of other things if you properly salt your food and you have a really good quality salt. So do you get it just at the regular grocery store or is it more of like a specialty item? Yeah, no, you can get it on Amazon. You can order their website. Trader Joe's doesn't have it, but most other grocery stores do. Okay. Yay. I'm going to try that. I love that. That's a great tip. Okay. So we have some, some pantry items. What about any appliances? We talked about knives, like a sharp knife. You said is one thing you must have. What other, are there any other things that you like swear by? Is it like a certain type of pot or pan or is it an air fryer? Like what is something that you just like love to have? So I'm not a gadget girl. Like I like to be as much of a minimalist in the kitchen as I can. I don't want to wash a million things. I don't want to wash a million parts. I don't want to use a garlic press because I don't want to have to wash it. Gosh, we are, we are soulmates, I think. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> we really are. I have an instant pot and I love it for the few things that I use it for. 
I don't think it's necessary. A hundred percent. If you have one thing in your kitchen, like, like you just said, a good quality knife that is large enough. So another thing that I noticed is people had like 15 knives in their kitchen and they were all like steak knives and they were trying to prep these huge meals using a, a steak knife and it was taking them forever and it wasn't working and it was horrible. So having at least like a six inch chef's knife is a yes. But also having a cutting board that is not teeny tiny so that every time you're prepping things, things are flying off. It's a, it's a big mess. Like get a decent sized cutting board so that you can actually have a nice working space. Other than that, I would just say a few good quality pots and pans. I love all clad, but now there are so many amazing brands out there that are really high quality as well. But I use stainless steel or cast iron. They last forever and they do the best job with cooking. I love it. I'm a ninja gal because I work with ninja and I love their products and they send me like I just I test out their appliances. So I love trying all their different stuff. And I love their knife set. That's one of my favorite things that I've gotten from them too. It's great. And like you said, they have the variety. So the steak knife, but then also the chef knife. I have, like I mentioned, a couple of chefs that come over to help when we're testing out recipes for Western Inner Club. And so we need like multiple of them. So we always have a bunch of the nice chef, the nice uh, knives here and definitely cutting boards, a small cutting board and a small knife. That's a sure way to make sure you have a very frustrating prep process for dinner. I, I feel like you need to create a reel with that. Do like a small cut and a small knife and try to make a whole dinner. Okay. You know what they do? They have like my daughter on there's on like YouTube kids. They have where they like make mini cakes and stuff like that. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. So do your own version. I feel like I would love to see that. It's actually so, it's so smart. And I, re- I didn't realize that it's actually happened in real life. I went to a friend's house and I brought a salad, but I brought some of the ingredients whole to finish it there. And I was like, do you have a knife and a cutting board? And she handed me a teeny tiny, like paring knife and a cutting board, like a small cutting board. I was like, this is the most unfun experience. This should take me five seconds to chop up and throw in. And meanwhile, it was like dull. And I, it was, and I was like, oh, this is how people, that's why people hate cooking because they don't have the right tools. Yeah. I, tools are definitely a must. Okay. Tell me about the one thing I, you mentioned that I don't have, and I've been thinking about getting is a cast iron pan. Tell me about that. How do you use that? Are you a fan? Do you think everyone needs one? I am a fan. The only thing, I mean, the other pots and pans I have, I guess are also heavy because they're stainless steel, but a cast iron is great. It's just going to last you forever. And you truly can use it for everything. You can use it as a nonstick for eggs. It's super high heat. So you can really saute things and get a really nice sear. It's just a great all around pan and they're not expensive. So cast iron are great. If you're nervous and I do have videos and things on how to take care of a cast iron, super, super easy, but people are overwhelmed by it for whatever reason, probably because they don't realize how easy it is to actually do. They also have the enameled cast iron, which has like almost like that smooth coat like that shiny coat, which are a little bit easier. I do really like them. I don't think it, it's a must if you have stainless steel pots and pans that you love, but they're awesome. They're pretty awesome. Good to know. I, and again, I think it's just, I know that there's a special way that you care for it. I just haven't like looked into it. <laughs> Still need to watch yeah. your video. So I know how to do it. <laughs> Super easy. Super simple. Okay. What about, we talked a little bit about meal prepping and I'm curious, what is your routine? Like when you're preparing for the week ahead and you're deciding, I know you mentioned looking at your pantry and your fridge and then going to the farmer's market and getting inspired there. Do you make a list of groceries? Do you plan out your dinners? How do you prep for the week ahead? Or maybe you do it like the day ahead. I don't know. Like how do you prepare to make sure that you have meals in the kitchen for dinner or for lunch or for breakfast even? Yeah. 
people typically don't like this answer because it's it's not helpful, honestly. <laughs> hey, well, let's, um, it's truthful. We want to hear what you do and then I'll share what I do. Maybe yeah. maybe one of ours will resonate with someone. <laughs> maybe, yeah. So for me, I, I'm not a meal planner and I have meal plans that I also sell. I understand that people need that meal plan and for some people it's really helpful. It's the opposite for me. Like for me to think about what I want, if it's a Monday, to think about what's for dinner on Thursday or Friday is feels impossible. Like I'm such a like in the moment, passionate eater and cook that it's rare that I could make that decision so far ahead of time. So for me, as far as planning out for the week, I don't really, what I'll do is really kind of shop from my freezer. So again, starting with those proteins, I'll look ahead at the week and maybe think, okay, if I'm cooking four or five nights a week, I'm going to pull some ground beef, ground turkey, some chicken breast, and maybe some chicken sausages. And I don't know what I'm going to do with them yet, but let's get them defrosting in the fridge and I'll kind of figure it out and see. And that's really the extent of my planning. It gives me flexibility. And then I just have all my fresh produce. I usually shop on Mondays. So I have a full fridge on Monday, full pantry, and I can just, again, kind of work my meals around the proteins. Okay. So this is where we differ (laughs) because I'm a planner. I'm such a planner. And so what I do, if someone's looking for another way, I I actually do like the idea of starting with the proteins and having those, and then you can build your, that's, I mean, that's a way of preparing and making sure that you can have everything ready for the week. And then also I like that you can customize based on what you're wanting that day. Cause sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I was going to make this. And like, that doesn't sound good anymore. Right. Especially being pregnant right now. Like I'm like, no, my sometimes like this does not sound good anymore. So what I do is I usually have four dinners that I have planned and ready for the week. And I'm usually someone that does my Instacart on the weekend. So I have my groceries delivered to my house. I have four dinners that are planned for. I have all the ingredients ready for them. And then usually one night a week is going to be some sort of leftover. So whether it's just there was some leftover from one of the dinners or we can just kind of like make something new based on those leftovers and put something together. Like last night we did fried rice, but it was rice, you know, brown rice from another meal, some leftover rotisserie chicken that we had. And then I had some frozen peas and carrots. So I just mixed that all together. So some sort of leftover meal And then I know at least one night a week, we're usually either eating out or a lot of times my, we go over to my in-laws, my parents live here. So we're going over to grandma and grandpa's house to go swimming. And so we'll have dinner with them. So there's one night that we're doing that. And then one night is just has got to be easy. So it's either like a frozen thing from Trader Joe's or a frozen pizza or grabbing something quick. There's a place called salad and go here that's a drive-through salad and they do wraps and all stuff. So that's one of our go-to places. So that's kind of my plan is for dinners, but knowing that the days that I make them might differ depending on what we're wanting or our schedule with school pickup and dance and basketball and all the activities that we're doing. So that's kind of what I do. And that's why the What's Your Dinner Club, that's why it's just four recipes because I didn't want to give people seven. Like there's no way that someone wants to cook seven nights a week anyways, right? That sounds awful. Exactly. It's so funny that you say that we're literally the same person because I totally agree with you. There needs to be days, you need to have days off, whether it's super, just super, super simple, like try not to plan to cook for seven days in a row, go out to dinner one night, order takeout, like whatever it is to give yourself a break, because even as someone who loves to cook, you will burn out. And so I had created a couple of meal plans when everyone had to stay at home in 2020 and it was 28 days in a row of dinners to cook. And that was helpful then, but it is, that sounds like a terrible thing right now. And the most recent meal plan that I just came out with was also four days exactly because of that reason. So yeah, I think it's just way more realistic. And like you said, it just, 
a lot of times when people feel like, okay, like I want to like change a habit. I want to cook more at home or I want to eat healthier. I want to whatever they go in like a thousand percent and like that burns you out so fast. So like going in and like having some flexibility built into, I think it helps you be more successful and, and stick with it longer too. So, okay. I'm curious where you get ideas for your recipes. I actually saw on your stories today, you like saw someone post a video, I think on Instagram and they're like, I'm going to make this now. This, it was like a pasta mushroom, some sort of dish and it looks delicious. Is that like the space that you feel like you get most of your inspo? Are you a Pinterest gal? Do you just like surf the web? What is your place? Or maybe you're an old school recipe book person. I don't know. (laughs) Where do you get your inspo? I'm definitely, I have so many cookbooks that I rarely break into, but I really should. It's a good reminder. Definitely not a Pinterest girl. It's too overwhelming for me. Honestly, like I, most of my feed is food, like on social media, I follow a lot of fellow food bloggers and I'm always super inspired by them also going out to dinner. But yeah, last night I, it was like six o'clock and this is, this is the bad part of me not planning because there are definitely days where I'm like, Oh, it's like six now it's six ten, six fifteen. Like what's, what am I going to make? What am I going to make? And I just sat down on the couch and I just, I opened my phone and I was kind of scrolling through when I saw Terry from No Crumbs Left. She had posted a reel, it was some pasta thing and it looked so good. And I was like, great, that sounds delicious. I'm going to go do that. I had some of the ingredients and it was really just the same method that I did, but it turned out to be a completely different dish. So I would say mostly social media friends going out to eat or just some of my old favorites from my own website. Mm, I love that. Yes. There's something about getting stuck in a rut and making the same staple meals over and over. But sometimes you're like, oh man, I haven't made that in so long. And then it's like the best thing ever to have one of those like nostalgic meals that you love too. I would definitely say I get my inspo from definitely social media too. I'll just do like a quick Google, like if something's sounding good to me too, and just kind of like see what's out there. So sometimes if something's like, oh, I really want to make this, I don't know, like I'm craving some sort of like meatball dish or something. And I'll just like see what's out there and get inspired from that too. But a lot of times I'm just like saving reels of like, oh, this looks good. This is good. And then you kind of make it your own. So, and also like the way that I actually really learned how to cook was cooking shows. I watched Ina Garden for years. And if I'm really in a rut and like feeling not creative and not motivated, I'll just pull up an old Ina episode and watch it. And almost immediately, because I like the way that she cooks and we cook very similarly. When I watch, just like when people watch me cook, they're like, oh, I can do that. That looks great. That's inspiring. It's the same for me when I watch her cook or another cook that I love. It's inspiring. I love that. My favorite cooking show is Top Chef, but I can't cook like them. <laughs> and they also make, <laughs> they're making like way more, like I love the ones where they like make them cook something really weird. Like, I don't know, like pig's feet or something. <laughs> Those are entertaining, but not realistic. Yeah, definitely not going to give me the inspo for the recipes I'm going to make. Another big question and that a lot of people are facing these days with groceries is it's expensive. They think eating, cooking at home can be expensive. We know that when you actually, a lot of times it actually can save you money versus going out to eat or getting, you know, stuff delivered all the time. But what would you, is there anything that you do or any tips that you share on how to be, you know, conscious of how much you're spending at the grocery store? It is, everything's expensive right now, right? Like, and groceries are more expensive but it's certainly not more expensive than going out to eat or doing takeout. I mean, for a family of four, even we do takeout. It's like, it's a lot. You can spend hundreds of dollars. It's so expensive. Crazy. I just went, I don't know if you saw the other day, I went and got a piece of cake from a delicious, like local pizza place. The piece of cake was $15. 
Stop it. What is going on here? <laughs> it was delicious. But was like, it worth it? Was it worth the 15? <laughs> I mean, last night I was like, oh my God, I want the cake again. Anyway, so it just food is not an area because it's my job. It's a little bit different. I'm definitely spending more than the average person in that area. But I would say, you know, there's so many great finds now, you know, at Costco thrive market is a great option. If you're looking for like those, the whole food slash, you know, Costco mashup where you can get some really good quality brands at a lower price. Walmart has great stuff. Target has good stuff. Like you can get things that are a little bit more less expensive end if you're just a little bit more conscious about it. Yeah. I think just like when you go to the store, like looking and comparing, you can usually find there's some things where I'm like, okay, this I'm going to get like the organic high, more expensive thing for me. That's a lot of times I like to get the meats, the dairy products, eggs and things. Those are things that I'll spend more money on, but like, again, like maybe a pasta or a rice, like I'm just going to get like the store brand. So there's, I think that's another thing too, is like, what stuff is important for you where you do want to spend the extra money to get the quality and ones that you feel like you don't really need to. And then you can kind of hopefully save some money on, on some of those things, but I'm with you too. Like it is just more expensive. And I spend a lot of money on food too. These days, I'm also a, I hate wasting food. So I get really creative with ways to repurpose it. Like even my girls, if I give them cut up fruit for breakfast and they don't finish it, like that's going into my smoothie later or on top of my yogurt or something like that. And I'm a big freezer. So I will take like stuff that I didn't finish, even like if we didn't finish a full can of beans or something and I'll freeze it to use in another recipe. So I'm constantly like my... (laughs) my freezer probably is like really scary to some people. And they're like, it's like a million little bags and Tupperwares of like, and I write on there like what it is and like tomato paste or diced tomatoes or whatever. I like just, I cannot just toss the like fourth of the can. I have to save it. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That's a good thing. And also, again, I don't do this because, and I wish I did to some extent, but meal planning is also going to help you save. So if you know exactly what you're going to make and you know what you're going to buy, you only buy what you need and that's it. So that can also really help. Yeah. Well, and that's also like, it helps. So one of the things that I do for my members is the ingredients. I try to overlap between the recipes. So you can even do that if you're planning out what you're going to eat and say, okay, I'm going to get like this ground turkey, but I'm going to make it and it's going to go into two separate things. Like I'm going to make it into a pasta sauce and make some meatballs, or I'm going to get some kale and I'm going to saute it for this, but I'm also going to put it in the soup, right? So you can, instead of buying like so many groceries and then knowing that like half of them are going to all be wasted, (laughs) If you could just like combine and over like overlap them between recipes for the week, then that will help you, you know, waste less and actually have to buy less groceries too. So that's one little tip. So you have two girls, they are 10 and eight where, how, what are their eating habits? Were they, I mean, I feel like when they're younger, they're typically, and this is where I'm at is like some pickiness, but you know, where did you ever have to deal with picky eaters or like cooking? How did you deal with like, cooking for kids too? I would find it hard to believe that there isn't a parent out there who doesn't deal with picky eating. Like their taste buds are always changing and it's just kind of part of the game. For me, I really had to let go early of any of that kind of forcing to eat or to try things. I really just had to let that go because it's been the only thing to kind of get me through those more difficult years. My kids, I would say overall are pretty good eaters, but also I know exactly how to tend to them. So I know exactly how they like things, how they like things cut, how they like it. Maybe that's not necessarily a good thing, but they eat pretty well. My younger daughter for a long time, pretty much only ate cheese, salmon. (laughs) That was like her two favorite things. Those are pretty good. We got some protein in there. (laughs) Totally. But like would not touch a fruit or vegetable, wouldn't touch a strawberry. 
And it was frustrating. And I feel like it was a couple of years. And it was when she was like, I don't know, around like three-ish, three to four, never ate a vegetable, never ate a piece of fruit. And I just, I continued to offer it and encourage it, but never force it. And would include her in some of the cooking with me. And eventually she would just like eat a mushroom, eat this. And now it's continuing to evolve and it's much better. And she does eat fruits and veggies. But I think as parents, we, again, we just have to continue to offer and never force just knowing that they may come around, they may not, but the worst thing that you can do is, you know, force them to have to eat something because it's it's only going to backfire from there. I feel the same way. We always do. Actually, it's so funny because I'm thinking of the little, like we use the same little plates from Target for my girls for their meals and it's divided up where it is kind of similar to how I said, how you want your meal to look. So I, in the little different sections, we always have like a one fruit and one vegetable section. And so I always put something there. They don't always eat it. And sometimes it's like, like you said, they change. So like my oldest Emma was like obsessed with zucchini because they were growing it at her garden at school. So she wanted to eat zucchini. And then literally last night I put zucchini on her plate and she was like, what is this? No, thank you. I'm like, like you, you love this zucchini. What are but I think yeah, just operate. And I also just encourage them to taste. And I, and if they don't like it right away, I just say like, thank you for trying like that's, and then I just move on because like you said, and also it's just like, who wants to deal with that stress at the dinner table? Like give them an option to try it if they don't like it. And you know, there's meals, like I kind of have a rule that like what I put on the plate is what's for dinner. I'm not going to make like 12 other dinners for you, but there's like a couple meals that I know that they just don't like. Like my oldest, she does not like any Asian stir fry. Like she, if I make some sort of stir fry, she has not liked it for the last 16 times I have made it. So the only other option is a peanut butter and jelly. So it's like a quick, like, okay, this is your one other option. If you don't want to eat this, you can have peanut butter and jelly. And so very rarely, but sometimes like, that's like all this, that's the only thing I'm going to make. I'm not going to slave over the kitchen and make a whole other meal for you. you know, sometimes like we just like, we're lucky as adults, we get to choose what we're having for dinner and they get a plate put in front of them. So I'm the same way. And yeah, there's always a safe food, right? There's like, especially if I know they're not, like you said, they're not going to like what we're going to have. There's always something safe that I know that they'll eat. They can always grab an applesauce or like, like you, like I'll melt some cheese on a piece of bread and like they're having that with some cut up veggies, but I'm not going to go make them a hamburger or like something totally different. Yeah. That's also another way to make you crazy in the kitchen. (laughs) Okay. So a big thing about this podcast is there's all this talk about, you have to sacrifice some things in your life. You can't have it all. You have to figure out what's most important to you because as women, you know, we're, we're moms, we're business owners, we have friends, we have spiritual lives, all these things. And my big thing is I truly, truly believe to my core that you can have it all. And it just means really getting in tune with what's in alignment with you. And sometimes that means things are going to be a strong, or influencing your life and sometimes they're not going to be. So I'm curious, I know you're a mom, you're a business owner, you're a content creator. So how do you juggle all these hats that you wear and maybe just what a, a typical day looks like for you? I think it's like having it all doesn't mean that it's, that it's always perfect or that it's ever perfect, right? So you can, ha- you can have it all and it can still be messy. And, you know, yeah, I'm here. I showed up, but like you were here at the beginning, like that was not seamless. There's always the chaos and just, Yes, we have a healthy relationship with my kids and my family and my husband, but it's not always perfect. And I, I lose it on them and I, you know, yell at them from time to time and I get frustrated. And with my business, I would say, honestly, I've had a really tough nine months. Like I've been doing this for almost eight years and entrepreneurship is a, is a roller coaster. But the last nine months for me personally 
and in my business have been really, really tough, but you kind of just continue to move through and you keep going. And for the first time in a long time, I feel like myself again. And just knowing that you just have to keep going and it's not going to always be perfect and it's not going to always be great, but you can, and not everything is always going to be good at the same time. So like your personal life might be great. Your business could be struggling, but you can have it all. And having it all again, doesn't mean that it's always all good all the time. Yeah. I love that you said it doesn't have to be perfect. I feel like I've struggled with how to explain that exactly. And that is the perfect way to say it because it, it doesn't mean that it's like everything's tied up in the big bow. Like it's, there's always stuff that you're trying to juggle and there's always challenges, but that doesn't mean that you're going towards this goal and you have these things in your life that really fulfill you. And you're not feeling like you have to literally sacrifice or take things away because it's impossible to have it. You know, what would you say? You said like, now you're feeling more like yourself these days. What helped you get out of, or is helping you through this process, feeling like getting out of the slump with your business more, most recently? It's a great question. I just think it, it was a lot of kind of taking a step back. I think the last few years have been really hard for everybody. And I think for me, just the way that it manifested, it really didn't hit how hard it was until kind of the beginning of this year. It was like, okay, the, you know, 2020, 2021 were really tough. And it like just hit in 2022. We lost our dog that we had of 17 years who was like my baby. And that was like January of this year. So like, there was just like a lot of stuff that were just continued to pile on. And I just felt so much overwhelm and anxiety that I hadn't really experienced before. And it was really taking the time to explore that and, and not ignore it and just get help for myself and just kind of, you know, and also just let myself be in that and know that just because I'm struggling in certain areas or my business is fluctuating, that doesn't mean that it will always be that way. And then the summer, which is great in so many ways, it's also really hard. I thrive on routine and there's really not any of that in the summer. And so I think having gone through that the last nine months, having summer, we just went on a great vacation with my family. That was awesome. And then having the kids go back to school has been like a very good thing for me. Yeah. I'm really nervous because my five-year-old just started kindergarten this year. So we are now doing like fall breaks and Christmas breaks and summer breaks where as they, both our girls were in daycare. So it's a very stable, like it's always there. It's always, always, So it's like, oh gosh, like now not only are like the pickup schedules, like we have multiple places to go and there's early, like next week is a half day. I'm like, okay, so now got to get you at 11. And that's just like, so I I'm nervous because I've had such a stable support through daycare and now school is like thrown and then let's just have a baby as well. So we're just going <laughs> to. Yeah. I'll probably be just, calling you. Just gonna kind I'll of... call you like, okay, what t- I need all your tips and support because I'm struggling. Right now. <laughs> it's so hard. It's just hard. I mean, we just go through these seasons and just give yourself grace. Like it's just, it's hard. And for anyone who says that it's not, I don't believe them because it is. I love giving yourself grace. Yes. That's good advice. I'll definitely remember that. Okay. Thank you for being vulnerable and opening up about that. Okay. I want to end with just some fun little rapid fire questions. So just kind of share the first thing that comes to mind with these, and then we'll wrap it up with an amazing offer that you are sharing with these listeners for your cook with confidence program that I'm so excited about. So stay tuned for that, but let's start with the first one. So the first question is what is one recipe that many people think it's difficult to make, but it can actually be really easy following probably good techniques that you provide. 
the one that popped in my head that actually doesn't include any of the techniques that I do, but it's so easy and so delicious. It's my no fuss lasagna. And I love lasagna, but I, I always hated making it because there's so many steps. You have to like boil the noodles and then you got to make the layer and layer it together and it's hot and then the noodle stick, like it's always a no for me. And so I was like, how can I make a lasagna that's so easy, but I can still enjoy. And so my no fuss lasagna recipe, it takes literally 10 minutes start to finish to prep. <clears throat> you don't boil the noodles. You put everything in, not cooked. You can add whatever veggies, you can do a meat, whatever you want, cover it, put it in the oven. And it's, it's so, so, so good. So that is one. And then I have some meatball recipes that I think people have a hard time, like not like also with chicken, having the meatballs be like dry or just not flavorful. I have a slow cooker turkey meatball that can all be done in one bowl. Then just dump it in the slow cooker. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Gosh, I literally have like 600 recipes and I can't think of one. (laughs) So where do I go to find them? Are they just on your social media or where do we go to find these yummy recipes? So all the recipes are on my website, lifeisbutadish.com. So everything is there. And then on Instagram, I do lots of teaching and tutorials and things like that as well. Amazing. Okay. So we're going to head to the website, grab some of those recipes. Those sounds so good. Okay. What do you typically eat in a day? I usually eat, typically I'm not hungry right when I wake up. I like to get my movement in my workout and then I usually eat after. So I'm kind of like, it's almost like a brunch type meal and I go on kicks. So I will do like a thick piece of sourdough with like cream cheese, scrambled eggs, microgreens with like sliced tomatoes, like some sort of egg sandwich situation will be my jam for like six months. Like I'll eat that every single day for a long time, or I'll just go straight to lunch and do like some sort. I love a sandwich and I do love a salad, but like a tuna melt or breakfast and lunch are not my favorite. I am a dinner person. So like when I heard that you're like the what's for dinner club, I almost named my blog what's for dinner because I literally always joke that I open my eyes in the morning. And I'm like, what's for dinner? I love talking about it. I want to know what you're having for dinner. Like what are you having? Like what's everybody having for dinner? So something simple for breakfast and lunch, something simple, your kind of go-tos, although it is lunchtime right now. And when you talked about a tuna melt, I'm like, that sounds really good. I'm probably gonna go make that after this. <laughs> So good. So like today for lunch, I did, sometimes I'll make like breakfast cookies or something just to like grab before a walk. So I actually had a breakfast cookie this morning for lunch. I just did pita bread. You know, that bitchin sauce. Have you seen, have you? Yes. So good. And they had that at Costco too. Yes. So I got the, I don't even like spicy, but at the Chipotle one, it's like not too spicy. I melt, I put in a pita, I had cheese. I put the bitchin sauce, turkey, And then I put that in the toaster and then I shoved in all these microgreens. It was so delicious. So good. So something just like easy throw together like that. And then I usually snack on something and then dinner. Yeah, I love it. And you have so many dinner, dinner ideas, whatever inspires you that night. (laughs) Okay, this might be a hard one, but again, we're just rapid firing here. What is your favorite dish you've ever made? It's impossible because it totally depends on what my mood is. I know. I was like, this is gonna be a hard one for you. Cause I know you really go off. Like what is sounding good to you? <laughs> it really is. It, it really depends. I make some really good pastas. I would say that anything pasta related, my turkey meatloaf is very delicious. 
pasta dishes and turkey meatloaf. We'll go with those. We'll search the blog for those because we know that those are your faves. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited to chat with you. This was so fun. And I'm really excited to share with everyone tuning in that you helped us create an amazing promotion for them. So there's a discount code for all of the It's Jillian listeners where you're going to get $100 off Lainey's Cook With Confidence program. So you're just going to want to head over to lifeisbutadish.com. So while you're going over there, check out her recipes. Also make sure that you sign up for this program and you're going to want to use, oh, you go to lifeisbutadish.com slash Jillian. So G-I-L-L-E-A-N and enter code Jillian there and you're going to get that $100 off the course. So get those recipes, sign up for the course, save some money, which we are all about. And then where can we connect with you? I know you mentioned your Instagram. What is your handle so we can all follow you? So it's, I'm at Life is But a Dish everywhere. And also on that Life is But a Dish slash Jillian page, I rounded up like my top 10 favorite recipes. So it's kind of like a little curated page just for your people. Ooh, I'm so excited to check it out. Yay. Okay. So we're going to go there. I'm going to make all those yummy recipes. <laughs> Anyone that's been listening and you're drilling at this point, let's go check it out and uh, get some of those recipes. And then of course, tag us when you make them so we can see what beautiful dishes you created. And even if you like made your own version of it too, we would love to see like how you spiced it up with your own version of cooking. So, all right, Lainey, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone, make sure you rate and review and follow this podcast. Don't forget that you can use the code podcast on whatsfordinnerclub.com to get a free month of our What's For Dinner Club membership. And of course, if you're going to rate and review, I have some fun little swag things. I have fun stickers and pop sockets and coasters. So make sure you do that so you can get some fun swag. All right, bye everyone. See you next time.